Setting up your meeting for Facebook Live. And I got a Very good. So here we are, done redirecting to Facebook, and we are now Facebook Live on Sewer Politics with David Van, and I am your fantastic host, Tom McCain. We also have a special guest, Kevin Batts. Did I say that right, Batts? Hey. Is that correct? Yes, yes, you did. Very Thank good. You. Kevin, the first time we've met, nice to meet you over Facebook Zoom. I'm Tommy McKay. I'm your fine host. I'll be guiding us. I'm the I'm the grout between the bricks. You guys will <laughs> brew the real substance, and I'll just wing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, awesome. So, yeah, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm glad to be here. So we're going to kind of cover some of the uh, election results as they come in. Uh, Van, uh, you want to set anything up before we get yeah, rolling here? I tell you what, it's virtual watch party, COVID uh, <laughs> safety friendly. I got my pretzels. <laughs> I got my iced tea. Guys, I'm sorry I'm not sharing. <laughs> You're not getting my germs either. Uh, and we do it this way because some people double dip, and we don't believe in double dip. Yeah, we just oh, don't yeah. double dip. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um I've just been going through some of the early returns. That's, you know, the absentee balloting and stuff. And listen, it is huge. We are set to have probably close to a million votes recorded again. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it is huge. Now, um, there's already about 185 or, well, about 100,000. 13 percent in you know it's it's that big and uh we've got changes happening should we go with the 802 right now guys yeah let's go ahead and look at because yeah, i've already okay. seen some people claiming that it's a done deal but van check your mics make sure you don't have two microphones going i heard a little echo maybe um yeah, too. and all thank you yep. and and, and also uh you know one of the things i noticed in 2016 as i was a virtual unknown mayoral candidate uh at 715 they they gave me two percent of the of the votes i was like well this is obviously full of crap there's no way a virtual unknown could scoop up two percent after 15 minutes of the poll closing they had already clearly decided to give me two percent so what do we know i mean that's why for me that's one of the reasons i liked uh yeah. starting this show at 8 30 instead of 7 15 is because you get a chance for some reality yeah. to kick in you and do. Uh, yeah. so what do we know so far okay. man Let's go ahead and go with the um, the 802 question. Okay. I'm sharing it here now. Look at this. By about a two to one, it is passing. And uh, look at that, 171,000 votes in, which is about 13%, or you times that times eight. We're talking over a million votes. Now, I don't know how many of those are legal votes, how many are dead votes, how many are <laughs> dead votes. votes. Hey, you stole my joke. Oh, man. <laughs> Great minds That's think cool. That was good. That's right. We're doing good, man. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my thoughts on that is, um, I mean, really, this doesn't surprise me that much. When you have a group that comes in from out of state and they spend $1.4 million on advertising, yeah. and then you have – um, state people in the party or state people in Oklahoma who could barely lift a finger till about two weeks ago when the, <laughs> you know, when the grassroots had to start drumming up, you know, opposition to this thing. And it just really doesn't surprise me. You know, we were outgunned on this deal and it didn't right. have to be this way. We saw this coming a mile away. 
So, I mean, it's just, I think if this does go, if it does pass, this will just be another thing where we didn't lift a finger, you know, and this is going to cost the state hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions in the long run. So it would have been worth spending, I think, at least a couple hundred thousand dollars to expose this thing, and it wouldn't have taken much. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing, Tom, and we'll want to talk about this next Monday night on our regular weekly 3D Politics Live. Got to throw in a, you know, freebie for that. What we've got to do is talk about should a bare majority be able to change the Constitution of our state? Because in the federal Constitution, you need, what, three-fourths of the state's have yeah. to approve it. Right, I yeah. think I think for a statutory initiative petition, yeah, bare majority should be fine. But I really think you should need at least 60% or more. I mean, this one's getting, what, 66%, 65%. Now, but I think that's the kind of numbers you need because what makes us a republic is that we have minority rights. Uh, yeah. The minority is recognized. And Kevin, I wanted to respond to something you, you brought up about not lifting a finger to fight this fight on this one particular issue. I think this is something that uh, uh, constitutional conservatives are battling uh, in the, today's uh, political world is that that's not the only front. We're fighting on 50 or 60 yeah, different absolutely. cultural and political fronts. And so uh, we can lift a finger as much as we can, but which mm. which which beachhead are they going to land on next? You never know. Yeah. yeah. Well, my main thing is, is that it's not about us because we're not the ones sitting back with the million dollars in the bank. I'm talking about the part, the, the powers that be in this state, you know, the, the big people, the people, the, the, the state level Republicans and these huge groups that we donate money to every year for all these different things. We're a member, you know, we're a member of these different groups. We give money to these different groups. And when it comes time to show up, we expect them to show up and do the things that they're supposed to do. And to have a group come in and spend over a million dollars, almost $2 million on advertising. And I'm not talking about grassroots. We don't have $2 million. I mean, I spent a few hundred dollars building a website and interviewing people, trying to put the word out about 802. And that's just me spending my own money. Right. People, Yeah. So, I mean, what you have here is you have, you know, you have all these the mega hospitals, you know, and they, they want this. You have right. a lot of other groups that have vested interests that want this thing to pass. And so everyone else just sits on their hands of people with actual money because if they didn't want this to pass, it wouldn't. They would have put the ads out. They would have compared it to Obamacare like it was supposed to be compared to because that's what it is. This is a backdoor of Obamacare coming into the – Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. <laughs> now you're going to have – and God forbid Donald Trump loses in November, then you're going to have a situation where Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden are going to be running health care in the state of Oklahoma. And that's a fact. That's not hyperbole. Yep. Yep. So yep. anyway, so that's that's that story. I think it's a done deal, Tom. I think we'll want to mention as people join us later in the show is that, uh, yeah, that's that was a done deal. There are a few other statewide done deals uh, we could talk about. Uh yeah, well, you know, before before we move too far away, as I've always got something clever to say about everything, <laughs> uh, Kevin makes a good point, and I I've tried to make this uh, point on uh, radio about the 
the jail pods. They were saying, oh, we've got money, but we can't get to it. And I was saying on air, they, yeah. the money is there. If they, if they wanted it, they'd yeah. make, they'd write a law, a rule to say, oh, yeah, I guess what we can get to the money. And I know that whether it is a GOP event at Veterans Park or a GOP event at BOK, it has been bungled. Uh, tremendously, and and and, you, and not one wow. person is in control of the uh, purse strings. That there is a control mechanism that has to be accessed. They're draining the swamp from the national, and we need to drain the swamp from the local so that we can meet up and connect to, to where the, if the funds are there, we just have to be able to connect each uh, each of us to it. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. So where where were you headed now, man? (laughs) Well, you know, the Corporation Commission is statewide, but it's not the the high-dollar, glitzy Hollywood race, and it's a done deal. It's three-to-one. Todd Hyatt, the the incumbent, the former Speaker of the House, I believe he's from Sepulpa, Kellyville, um, he's beating Harold Spradling basically uh, three-to-one. So... Uh, hey, tell us real fast, Van, uh, from your vast experience, Corporation Commission, what do they do? Do they control the world or less? Yeah, well, that, that's <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's that fascism that we have in our state that we talked about last night in our, on our 3D politics show was uh, that we set up a monopoly for these industries, uh, for the utilities, and then we said, but the government's going to keep that monopoly utility ah, yes. from screwing over the citizens. And so it's government picking the winners and losers, giving them uh, uh, exclusive territories. And they said, but we're going to clamp down on you. And by the way, I'm, I'm up for re-election. Can you give me donations? Right. That's, that's the problem with it. It isn't just them. Uh, they were the ones in charge of addressing uh, our earthquake problem with the injection wells. So how many corporation commissioners are there? There are three. We've got, um, and I tell you, Bob Anthony was just elected uh, to a sixth term two years ago. He was the first Republican ever to make it on the corporation commission back in 1988. And uh, uh, we endorsed him at the Republican assembly. I was president then. And he came to speak to us after that. He's kind of, you know, grateful. And I said, Bob, I'm mad. This is Bob Anthony. I said, it's been 30 years you've been in this office, and that's too long. And I'm just mad that we don't have a better replacement in 30 <laughs> years. So we just really? And, you know, uh. so now, now Bob Anthony's termed out. We finally got this fixed. There are six-year terms. You get two of them, so that's 12 years. Todd's running for a second 12-year term. So, And that's Todd Hyatt? Hyatt, yeah. Hyatt is running for a second term? Okay. That is right. And then he's running against two? Uh, Harold Spradling. I, I, the name sounds familiar. I just can't place it. I don't have any anecdotal stories to tell you about Harold. Okay. But so, they have, do they control license, licensing, et cetera, anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean, the oil industry is controlled by them. You know, a lot of industry is, uh, you know, but then again, the Department of Labor controls some of the occupational conditions, too. And then you've got, um, you know, the utilities. Um, yeah, that's a lot of it, really. You know, uh, you know, Bell Telephone uh, will ask for uh, 
you know, a rate increase and, and then they might give it to them, but they might say no. And, and then they might oh, order okay. them to give it back. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. What else? What's that, Kevin? I said, okay, that makes sense. Cause I was, I was asking my wife earlier, we were driving to go vote and she was like, corporation commission. What is that? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> it sounds like, the, it sounds like a mixture of the railroad commission and a little <laughs> bit of what the unemployment folks are supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That's pretty so, crazy. So we've got that. Now, the next thing we're talking about is the big one. The 85 year old Jim Inhofe. Is he going to, do we trust him for another term at his age? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> He is beating uh, everybody three to one combined. So uh, well, now the the JJ Stitt threw a lot of money into that race, and he's at fourteen percent. Right, and and then the other two, you know, Neil Mavis, John Tompkins. I've heard those names before. I just don't, you know, place them. You know, sometimes I'm at Mavis. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Some of these guys, and I'm not talking about anyone in particular, some of them I recall them because 20 years ago they were a Democrat running for office and now they're <laughs> running as, uh. as a Republican. So we've got that one. Um, you know, the next, well, I don't know, any, anything you guys want to say? You feel comfortable with Jim getting it now? I mean, he can fly a plane upside down, so that pretty much <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and, and oh. I have to say, I remember, I remember Jim from the '80s coming to the county convention, and uh, you know he's a firecracker speaker. But I tell you what, this last March, I'm standing next to him at our county convention. He's standing up straight and tall. He's sharp as can be. He just jogged up those stairs to the stage. He's sharp mind. Sharp, you know, strong physical body. He just, I think he's got six years. Good years. Yeah. You know, I have well, been. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. Well, you know, fighter pilots, if you, you know, any kind of research on fighter pilots, I mean, these guys peak physical shape, peak mental, you know, abilities. Uh... I mean, these are probably. <laughs> no? He flies a no? plane. He was never in the military. Oh, I, I, I well, was in the military. Yeah. Wow. So that shows you marketing right there. <laughs> I assumed he was in the military. Okay. You know, That's Bridenstine. That's Bridenstine. He, he's got a place. He's got a place up on Grand Lake as well. He's from Tulsa. In fact, the Senate district I live in, he used to be the the senator. But he was flying to D.C. This is back when he was in the House, I think. And he's got his own plane. He flies back and forth. And he was flying over Missouri, and the propeller, the prop, fell off. And oh, he wow. was able to coast like five, ten miles to find the landing strip. And he landed in a hayfield safely. So Jim's had some experiences as a pilot. <laughs> That's some bad ones, too. He got in trouble because over yeah. there in Grand Lake, they had an airport runway that was shut down for construction. He landed anyway and almost hit some construction workers. So he's oh, got himself into trouble. That's, too. that's trouble. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was always uh, torn kind of on the term limits versus I feel like the election is term limits. You know, I mean, if we got a good guy in and he wants to stay there, uh, then we, we leave him. And and sometimes, you know, and again, I'm kind of torn. He He's how long can you be there, you know, and, and mm -hmm. still be giving us fresh service at the same time sometimes simply being able to um, maintain your position and stand your yeah. ground is as good as 
uh, uh, fresh blood, you know. Yeah. So uh, he yeah. pretty well has a, a, a pretty stable footing, and sometimes that's as good as anything. All right. We've got some yeah. drama in the congressional races. I've awesome. Three of them. I'd like to bring those up to you right now because um, – I wish next time I'll have I'll have like sound effect music to really build yeah, it. For. <laughs> that's right. All right. So District Two, Mark Wayne Mullen is running away with it. Joseph oh, Silk, my. Silk put some money into it. He had a lot of grassroots backing and just didn't get anywhere. Rhonda Hopkins, I have to call her a perennial candidate. She's run for the House a few times that I recall. And stuff. So, um, you know, she got 7%. Joseph, for all the uh, statewide grassroots machine, couldn't get much more than that. So, so that race is, is done. And uh, let's see. Let's look at uh, District 4. Oh, and by the way, in Mullins, you know, when you fly back and forth from Washington with the president, that's yeah, kind of yeah. nice, you know, good photo yeah. op there for him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but you're not going to get it to his beard? Right. Yeah. But Tom Cole, here's, this is almost a mirror image. Tom Cole's running away with it, three to one over his competitors combined. Now, James Taylor actually helped James form his first run over there. And, uh, but, you know, he's got 15%. He probably didn't have any money in the race. He's a good guy, but, uh, you know, it's a big district. And I, this may be Tom's last run. Tom's getting on in age. I don't yeah, know how on. much longer. Fact is, I think yeah. our next our next uh, congressman from there is likely to be John well, Eccles. How is Tom Cole's Freedom Index number? I mean, I was yeah, never quite. <laughs> you know, I Chris, mean, not great. Yeah, it's yeah. what I thought. <laughs> now not you got to understand, Tom was instrumental in the Republican Revolution in Oklahoma in 1994. We just clean house. We got a Republican governor. Uh, lieutenant governor, we swept just about every congressional seat. I think there was one Democrat that we didn't uh, defeat. Uh, um, but anyway, so after that, I'm working on presidential campaign for Phil Graham, and we're at the state convention, and we put together a VIP, you know, meet and greet thing. And and Phil Graham, the U.S. senator, uh, Inhofe supported him, you know, uh, he's showing how his campaign's going. I'm standing at the back, and this guy says, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. He's putting together a good campaign. You know, and I'm talking back and forth, and I said, oh, I'm David Van." You know, and he saw him, Tom Cole. And I said, Tom, what do you do? Are you in politics? And he says, well, yes, I'm now the Secretary of State for Oklahoma. Oh, well, <laughs> he was a campaign coordinator, campaign consultant, and Frank Keating was one of his clients. Tom Cole Snodgrass in, in Hargrove, I think, was the first Republican campaign consulting firm. And Tom started, he left it now, you know, but that's Tom's background. He is a very astute uh, political organizer. So. Yeah, which doesn't, I mean, that may be great, but it doesn't make great policy. It makes for great you're, campaign. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Now, if you want someone who can negotiate a deal, who's willing to give things up to get something, Tom's good. Because when the impeachment uh, thing started in last winter, they had to establish rules. And Tom fought like crazy, but he was head of that in D.C. 
Van, are we done with that pick? Yes, I'm sorry. You, I, that's I, fine. I, I need. Well, yeah. Well, actually, we're going. We're going to the next one here. Uh, I didn't mean to stay. That's so right. Long. Just, just telling. I'm you. gonna. I, no, I'm gonna sit on myself and and hold back on some of these little stories. So, um, let's look at this uh, District Five. Look at that. Look what do we at see? That. What do we see? Well, no, you know, uh, we got Stephanie Bice with thirty, Terry Nice with uh, Nice with thirty-one. David Hill, who I thought would do better, is in third, trailing by only about half the votes of those other two. So it looks like a Bison Nice um, runoff coming up. Oh, look at there, Janet Barisi, huh? Yeah, 10%. Well, how about yeah. her? Uh, you know, if once in politics, always in politics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their, their, their bar graph here is not working for nothing. They got people at 2% showing the same bar graph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but here's the thing. This is just, um, this isn't showing any, uh, elections other than the, um, absentee balloting. So, um, they're still I'm, counting, but yeah, there's but a lot of people, in, there's a lot of people in that race right there. There, there are, there are. Yep. A whole and, lot. Uh, so I'm, I'm refreshing that now. We'll take a look at that once we uh, see what they've got. Once we got it. Yeah. If there's anything different, uh, I'll let you know. Say, if you're just watching, it's Tommy McKay with guest hosting capabilities right now on Sooner Politics. We're live on Facebook. Thanks to David Van, SoonerPolitics.org. And tonight we've got special guest Kevin Batts joining us for the election return results right here on June 30th, 2020. Van. Why don't we let Kevin talk to us about what he's doing? I've known Kevin for about five years now, but Kevin. Yeah, let's do it. Tell us what you're doing. All right. Right now, um, and first off, Kevin Batts with uh, 46 News and Red River TV. Red River TV is the show. 46 News is the website, by the way. It gets a little confusing. But um, what I'm doing is um, I launched a website about a week ago called What Am I Voting For? So about a month ago, I was looking around, and I was like, well, looks like no one's really gearing up to fight against this state question 802. And I had a lot of family members that were like, you know, basically, um, how are you voting in this next election? You know, I don't know anything about these state questions. I don't need to know the long story because I know you'll probably talk my ear off about <laughs> these state questions. <laughs> I just need like a brief, I just need like a brief uh, rundown of what this thing is and how you think I should vote and why. Right. And so that's where I came up with um, to do this voting guide. And it's basically a voting guide. And so I reached out to, I don't know if you guys know Jenny White. Of course, you guys probably do know Jenny White. Bam. She had a website a few years ago called What Am I Voting For? And so I reached out to her and got her blessing, and she said I could revive it. So that's what I did. Nice. So it's essentially a voting guide. Um, as we approach November, we, we kind of had to rush this one. We interviewed a few people. Um, Douglas Beal, he's a doctor here in Oklahoma City. And we also interviewed um, Adam Maxey with Americans for Prosperity. He's the yep. Oklahoma grassroots coordinator. Yep. Really, really good. So I interviewed both those gentlemen about SQ802. I intend to interview more people. I got a lot of people on the list for the different state questions. Okay. So we'll just run through them. And it's set up to be, if you want, you can get a brief overview of what the state question is about. 
and how someone, if you were a Republican or a conservative, how you should vote and why. Yeah. And then you can take a deeper dive where we go into all the different articles about it from both sides. Yeah. And you can look at, watch videos and things like that. And it's basically set up where you could just choose what you want. Do you okay. want just a skip? It's a pro and con. That's awesome. All yeah, right. it's like a pro and con list. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. Jenny White, uh, she spearheaded the effort to stop Common Core um, in our education system back about six years ago. She's also, I believe she's the mayor of Luther, Oklahoma. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I know Jenny, known her for a long time. She used to be a blogger. And now with 46 News, you're partnering with a good uh, longtime friend, Matt Vermillion. Uh, yep, Ma Matthew Vermillion, yes. Yep, um, yep. He, and he's yep, over me and here Matthew Verm Yes, and um, we started 46 News back up. Um, I think he had it, he had it during the last election, uh, I think 2016. And he ended up shutting it down. I don't remember why, but we decided to revive it last November, and we've had a lot of problems just to condense it a little bit with Facebook and censorship yeah. and things like that. We've had a lot of our videos taken down. We've had a lot of our things censored since we started up 46 News again, and we started creating content. So we've been kind of going back and forth yeah. with the different bands and censorship okay. and things like that, but we're still pushing out content. Well, Let's yeah. talk more about that after we get some more elections here. I want to talk more. And by the way, if Janelle okay. wants to join us, uh, scoot over, let her in. We'd like uh, before yeah, the yeah. Before we get a chance to meet her. <laughs> she's in a prayer meeting right now, but when she okay. gets out, she says right. she'll jump in. Yeah, feel awesome. free to have her. You know. All right. We've got some upsets, guys. Uh, some of these races, we've already got better than 90% in. And wow. We're going to be going to legislative races here. And let's take a look here. Um, a senator is defeated. Not this one. Uh, Michael Bergstrom. He's doing well. He's a former school principal from Blue Jackets, 64%. So two to one. Here it is. Wayne Shaw seeking another term. Blake Cowboy Stevens. You got to have that cowboy uh, in if there. You, right? If you are able to put cowboy in your name and on the ballot, you had something. Yes. So anyway, by, by a 60-40, <laughs> uh, Wayne Shaw is going down. Listen, Yeehaw. Wayne Shaw, you know, a minister, I think Presbyterian minister, just wasn't as conservative as his district wanted. Right. So he's gone. And then over here, this is an open district. You've got – that's destined for runoff. Everybody's in the high 20s or 30s. So oh, there you go. We'll, we'll be coming back to that okay. uh, for another. Larry Boggs looks like he won't get his outright win. He's the incumbent. He's uh, shy of 50%. So it's going to be him against Warren Hamilton. That's been a tough one. That hasn't been mm -hmm. a real clean campaign. There's been a mm -hmm. lot of dirty stuff. That's down in the McAllister area. That's tough so, down there. Yeah, so let's watch <laughs> watch that. Greg McCourtney, really upset. He's a powerful oh, man, my. head of the Health and Human Services. Well, going back, the, the vaccine choice parental rights people put someone up. But uh, they don't have more than 25% of the votes. Right, right. right. Um, but anyway, Ron Sharp is destined. Now, this will be a runoff, and it looks like he's in it. That's, again, another very liberal Republican going right. for his last term. Um, good friend of ours, um, um, Brooke McGowan, almost beat him with no money last time. And now well. Shane David Jett is beating him. Oh, wow. Listen, 
when you're the incumbent, the re-election is a referendum on your service. So uh, we're, Brandon Bumgarden is probably going to get knocked off in here, but I would guess those votes are more likely to go to the uh, challenger. A lot of green in this one. There's only 46% reporting. There's a lot of you know what? That That's a yeah, good point. A I'm glad room. you're catching that. So these other ones that we talked about, rural district where... 96%, yeah, 97%. Yeah. This one's yeah. not over. Okay, so here we go in District 19. Roland Peterson looks like he's doing fine because they're at 91%. So mm-hmm. I think he's back in. Uh, been a pretty solid guy by most people. This one is interesting. Kaiden Creek Palm, he is financed and funded by some people, oh, let's say names like George Kaiser. Um, this oh, wow. is guy, I, I wish he had uh, I wish he had cowboy in the middle of his name. That would have won yeah, hard. I'm telling you though, <laughs> I don't think you will. Kaiden Cowboy Creek you, Palm, you, that would you, fuck. You, I'd vote for that. You remember the lawsuit to get, go into the Supreme Court to stop the Trump rally? Yeah, Kaiden's law firm did that. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) But uh, up against Cheryl Baber is in number two place, and then Linda Morrissey, the retired judge, looks like she'll be squeezed out of that. But that's only 50% in, right? A lot of room left there. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing this is Tulsa County because this is this long, skinny corridor, and up at the top end, it's really close to the election board headquarters. So the north end of the district, which is not nearly as conservative, they get their votes counted first. And the people way down in, you know, Glenpool or in Jinx, loading up and getting down there, you got to wait in line for over an hour to okay. unload, if you're the election judge, to okay. unload your machines and get those counted. So watch this to change as we go, because only half of them are in. Uh, Senate 37. This is what our good friend from uh, 3D Politics, David D'Ambrosa, has been working on. Cody Rogers right now is eking out about a three-point margin over the doctor, Chris Emerson. This is a close one. This one will go another hour at least. Still a lot of room left in this one as well with as close yeah. it is, as it yeah. is. Yeah. 60%. Yep. Yep, and I, I hope we hear from D'Ambroso tonight. I'm sure. Yeah, he's that'd busy, be fun. Yes, it would be fun. Um, and then over here, Paul Scott, the incumbent, looks like he's barely hanging on to his outright majority. Eighty-seven percent are in. He might avoid a runoff. Paul's had a little bit of uh, bad publicity recently, trying to talk his way out of a traffic ticket by the famous statement, "Do you know who I am?" Well, now now we do. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, I didn't before that, but now, you know. Now, this one's an open race. You've got the Republican state rep, Zach Taylor. Looks like he's walking away with it because 87% are in, and he's close to 60%. So I think he's going to get get that one. So um, now, then we're going to the state rep races. So why don't we just stop here for a second. Okay. Catch my breath. What do you guys think of this? So, well, let me reset. If you're just joining us, and I know some people have, you're watching a special edition Sooner Politics Live episode with me, Tommy McKay, your host from 3D Politics Live, with David Van, of course, your Sooner Politics 
org guru and our special guest, Kevin Batts. We appreciate Kevin for coming out. We're doing all of the election results that are pertinent to us uh, tonight in Oklahoma. What else do you got? Kevin, what's your feedback on some of these results? Yes, pretty. Um, it just shows you that, you know, the, the power of incumbency, you know. If you're an incumbent, people know that name, and that's what they go for. A lot of yeah. times people don't even, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people just at work. I mean, they don't even know who their state representative senator is. They just know they go in there and they recognize a name where they saw a sign before they drove in. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of sad, but it's kind of funny. Well, I mean, to be full transparency, even on the way in to vote, you know, I'm calling Van. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, <laughs> trying to figure out who is this guy? You know, you, you can't know everybody. And no, uh, not. so uh, it's interesting to try to keep your finger. One of the things I love about the – I don't love the volatility of the politics these days, but the fact that the volatility is there, we have a more informed electorate than we've had in the last 50 to 100 years. More people are involved in politics, understand politics, have an opinion about politics than ever before in my life. Got uh, breaking pe- pe- news. What is it? Let's go live to this right now. State question 802 is a 2% margin. Wow. 80% in. So it was those absentee ballots, some of them of questionable authenticity, weighted the early vote. But now that the actual balloting that was done today is counted in, 80% of the precincts are in. Not 80% of the votes, 80% of the precincts. Uh, yeah, it's fifty-one forty-nine. Now I got to say, good. typical, you know, conventional wisdom is the only precincts we're waiting for now is the big metropolitan area suburban yeah. precincts. Right. That wouldn't be the downtown necessarily, as it would be, you know, five ten miles away from the election headquarters in either Oklahoma County or Tulsa County. I'm just guessing right now. That's yeah. conventional wisdom. The so, fact that that surged to a close race when it was so far out of whack in the beginning yeah. is at least good news in the in that area. Yeah, yeah, for those of us who want to keep government small and you know not have them make our health decisions, that's a big deal. So um, we're going to be watching that. You know, that's probably in the next yeah. half hour, forty five minutes, uh, we'll have a better idea because once we get past ninety six, ninety seven percent. Yeah, I was somewhat entertained as I, I scroll through, you know, uh, they call me a troll, but I say Dr. Science troll to you. Uh, as I scroll through my Facebook stuff and I see some people on Facebook that are promoting the rioters and the unrest and such, uh, and then, then today they're like, vote yes on 802. I'm like, yeah, right. You want yeah, to there's going to be a correlation, <laughs> be a correlation there. <laughs> vote yes on 802 so we can go tear some stuff down and get a Band-Aid. Exactly. So, so Kevin, uh, the why, what am I voting for? I watched your video on 802 today because that was really the one you hurried up and got that out first, right? Yes, yes, it yeah. is. Uh, we okay. had two interviews, like I said, one with Matt Maxey and mm-hmm. the one with um, 
Adam Maxi. I don't know why I keep calling him Matt Maxi. Adam Maxi and, and <laughs> Mad uh, Max. Just Dr. Cowboy. Max. How about Mad Cowboy Maxi? I've always <laughs> oh, from now yeah. on Cowboy is what I go with. That's what, yeah, you'll you'll win the election with that name. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, and the one we had with the the interview we had with Doctor Bill was probably the one I'd recommend people go watch because he had a really good inside perspective being a doctor mm-hmm. on how. Medicaid actually works right now and the kind of patients he sees and how he's really concerned about how this expansion is going to push out a lot of the more needy folks because mm-hmm. there's only so much, there's only so much, um, so many doctors who take Medicaid because of the reimbursement mm-hmm. yeah. rights. So, so yeah, you're going to see a lot right. of really needy folks get pushed yeah. out because That's of a right. lot of healthy folks. And he so, also told me that a lot of people that are going to be in this expansion are going to be people that currently have health insurance right now. Yeah. So we're going to be going into the marketplace and displacing the free market in order to give people something that they think is free, but really it's not free. Okay. But I got to say now, the comment about how do you change the constitution of your state with a mere 51% of the people supporting your idea? That's problematic. That's yeah. Problematic. See, so yeah. I'm telling you, our legislators who are watching, we are waiting for you guys to pass a joint resolution to put on the ballot next time that if you're going to change the Constitution, you got to have a supermajority, at least 60%. Yeah. Well, I will say that I'll say this. Um, I mean, to, to do something like this, it's it's gone up before the legislator, legislature multiple times and failed. So that tells me that people that are elected that are held held accountable by the voters said no. So that means the voters must not want this. So to have an outside group come in and dump a bunch of money in these ads that are highly, highly deceptive. That's what I would call them, highly deceptive. And to get something like this passed, I mean, it's just to, to do this the route that they're doing it, to pass, the, to change the Constitution, to pass something that should just ultimately be a law. It's akin to if you wanted to buy a car you taking out a second mortgage on your house to buy a car. It's just illogical. There's no way that you would sit here and pass this thing that should be a bill, lock, stock, and barrel, and put into your constitution (laughs) to where now you can't change anything. That's what we talked about last night on the 3D Politics Show. This this should, if it's so important now, pass it as a bill, leave it as a bill, and then if it's pertinent later, you leave it. If it's not, you can get rid of it. Stick it into the constitution and live it with it forever. (laughs) No, 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 Kevin. You got to say, taking out a mortgage on your house for Black Friday spending money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. It's pretty absurd. Pretty yes. absurd. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, we overstate things. Guys, Man. we've got some house races we're going to have to get into because some of these are All nail right. biters. I All mean right. nail biters. All right. Okay, we're going to take them in, in the order of the website here. All right, let's see. All right, uh, we got uh, – now, uh, the Democrat-turned-Republican Johnny Tadlock is not running against this an open seat, and it looks like Eddie Dempsey has got it over Rick Ensley, so don't know either of those. Uh, Rick West, Lundy Kiger. This is huge. Lundy Kiger – was one of those that came in when they were trying to get rid of the uh, Platform Caucus. Rick West was a member of the Platform Caucus. He has now come back to defeat uh, oh, Lundy wow. Kiger, and we have a Platform Caucus alumni coming back to the legislature. And, again, this is about a 6 7% uh, spread, actually close to 8% spread. 
So there's that one. Now we've got uh, Daryl Fincher uh, is losing to, uh, now that's about 80% in, but so far losing by nearly 10% to Wendy Stearman. Fincher was seen as not a very conservative person from the Bartlesville area. Here's a big one. Justin Dine, Justin Dine. is okay. what, three and a half percent behind Kevin McDougal and with two thirds, just two thirds. Oh, man, this is the now, right. there's only 18 precincts, six precincts are waiting. Uh, so the, now I tell you, those precincts are probably uh, the precincts that were the stronghold from McDougal last time when he won by five votes on election night. Just oh, five wow. Votes. He won by five votes. By wow. five votes, yes, to a non-candidate, a guy who had dropped out of the race. So, yeah. Well, I can, tell you, I can tell you this much, just to add a little bit to that. I interviewed Justin Dine. This guy is not yeah. the kind of candidate that's in the background. This guy is solid, yeah. and yeah. He's, he's very well-spoken, and he's definitely energetic. He's a go-getter. He's out to win. Okay. Cool. Let's look at this one. George fought... I don't know if he's going to pull it out. He's 20 points behind and 80% in. He's taking on the incumbent, Chris Need. Now, again, this was a platform caucus leader, George Bott. He was defeated in the runoff by Chris Need last time. So um, is he going to put it together? Right now, it's a hope and a prayer and a Hail, mm. Hail Mary. So um, yeah. now this one, Randy Randleman's got some strong credentials as a conservative. He's beating his opponent. That's done. Uh, three to one. hundred yeah. percent in. Okay. District 17, Jim Grego, big supportive dairy policy and unashamed of it. He was challenging <laughs> it's, it's, it's 64. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Dairy shame. I don't know. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, no, I just well, and, and I he scored well on, on second amendment rights, but this I is the know. one. What I'm do I know? Proud of. This guy's had a turn dairy. on David Smith. <laughs> David Smith, uh, you remember when we were talking, Tom, um, the guy who uh, filed a bill that basically said a cop can stop and ask you questions. If you refuse to answer him, he can arrest you. I, 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 I don't know how long ago, but I remember talking yeah, about that. Yeah, that was in yeah. January. Well, David Smith was the one who filed that on behalf of some law enforcement in his district, oh. not thinking. And I wrote an article on it, and my God, he was all over himself to pull the bill. And he got that wow. pulled, and he ended up getting a real strong endorsement from uh, OK2A, and it looks like he's uh, he's fine. He, he so you think he saw the light, or do you think he's gone oh, yeah. undercover? Uh, he, <laughs> I, like I, I trust, he, you know. <laughs> he was incredibly yeah. humble about saying, my God, I had no business running a bill I didn't understand. It was horrible. Yeah, all right. He, all he, yeah, right. He, it was a total Maya culpa. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, so, so he's good. And listen, right. he actually in our Freedom Index that we put out this weekend, he he was in second place. Well, that really place. counts more. That counts more than anything. Yeah. 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 So he's okay. a real deal. District twenty, Sherry Conley, who beat Bobby Cleveland last time again at Freedom Caucus. She's uh, looks like she's fine. Actually, she scored really high in my Freedom Index last year. Not hey, since you've mentioned it and I forgot to make you do it, tell people where they can find the Freedom Index. Yeah, actually, SoonerPolitics.org, uh, and it's going to be on the front page. Uh, Terry O'Donnell, you'll see his big mugshot. He's real proud. Hey, SoonerPolitics.org, Freedom Index. Very good. Yeah, Thanks, David. On the front page. All, All right. right. So 
Let's keep going through these. We're going to move a little bit faster. So we okay. talked about Sherry Conley. Um, this one's wide open. Uh, Logan Phillips. He's the guy that won last time beating the Democrat leader, uh, Steve Copeland, with no campaign money. Didn't nice. raise a dime. Didn't oh, spend my a dime. goodness. And look at that's awesome. Now, yeah. Now, Kevin, uh, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of person you need to connect to that knows how to make something happen. And not I hate it when they say, well, you can't win the election because you don't have any money. And they won the election because yeah. yeah. they have the money. That yeah. just irks yeah. me. So there's a person right there that we need to talk to. Yes. Great nice. guy. Yep. I've visited oh, him several times. Really, really proud of what he's representing and demonstrating. Ronnie Johns is back in again, um, you know, with uh, about two-thirds of the vote uh, went to him. That's one's done. 28. This one's big. It was, um, you know, two people running for an open seat. And look at that. We're only three-fourths of the vote in, and they're only separated by about 7%. So that's going to be a close one. We're not over with in that one. Right. Mark, Mark Lawson from Sepulpa Glenpool area. He's oh, coasting. he's coasting. coasting. Just smoking him. Yeah. Yes. So he's back in, I'm sure. And then we got Gary Mize. Gary's got a lot of enemies here. He was not really nice to the vaccine choice and parental rights people. So, uh, but evidently he's coasting right now, two third, three fourths of the votes in, and he's uh, got a huge lead. Okay. Uh, John Talley, this one's actually a Republican in Stillwater, and he took over that seat, and he's hanging on to it. He's actually uh, doing well from a guy. Who well, I mean, that's not over yet. That's That's got some room, even though 88%, that's yeah. not, we're not done. Well, it, it's a 9% difference there, yeah. Um, you're right. I'm I mean, just it's, saying it's, there's, you know, yeah, I don't do horse races, David. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. It's a money track. It's a money track out there, David. All right. So Chad Caldwell's back in. He's got one by more than 12 uh, percent. Uh, this one's almost <clears throat> done. Cynthia Rowe. Cynthia's not really good on, on health privacy rights. And, uh, you know, she's um, she's still winning that one. It's about done. I don't know that that can be gotten. Uh, this is an open seat. Uh, I believe so. Such Zuko a pessimist. Kendricks in 52 uh, that one's uh, pretty much done. Okay, this one's about done too. Uh, we got Randy Talley and uh, Dick Lowe. I think this is an open uh, district. I don't know much about them. Uh, 59, here we go. Uh, Adam McMasters is being defeated by Mike Jabrinsky. This was an open seat as well. This is actually over by Woodward. Huge district, uh, Mike Sanders uh, terming out. So that's where that one goes. All right. District 61, Kenny Bob Tapp, who actually kicked off his on our show. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it looks like. Oh, 97. Yeah, it's, it's done. But he, but you know what? It's a good race for a guy that, uh, didn't really have any money, but, uh, he had good friends. He, 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 he really put on a pure message campaign. Yes. He wasn't, yeah. he, there was no sales pitch. He's like, here's yeah. a thing. If you like it, here it is. And and uh and this you know. this this house district is about six counties large. It's huge. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. entire panhandle and then a whole bunch of other uh And he re and that was that's it's rural and it's cattle and they pray yeah. for rain when we don't have any. We we yeah. don't when you're urban you're like, Yeah, it rains, it rains and they man, they need rain and he, yeah. he worries about it. 
Yep, property rights is a big deal there. Huge, okay. and abortion too. All right, uh, this is down in um, the uh, Lawton area. Daniel Pay is coasting to victory. Uh, he's, uh, he's the incumbent. And then here we go. We're getting in the Tulsa area now. This is going to be exciting. Now, J.D. Nolan is, is cruised, uh, you know, I think this is a foregone deal. It's only 56% in, but uh, she's got 68% of the vote. Now, here was what I was talking about. This is Tulsa County. Notice only half the precincts in the Sand Springs area are counted. Right. So you're looking for, remember we were talking on the state question. Where are the districts that haven't reported yet? So each precinct is not weighted equally. Different precincts have different weights. Well, that, that's true. That's true. But, again, this confirms my thought that the last votes to come in are the major metropolitan counties, but the precincts that are farthest from the downtown headquarters. So oh, okay. Sand Springs that makes sense. fits that. Yeah. So that, that yeah. confirms that. And again, 69, right south of there, um, <clears throat> this is uh, Angela Strom. It looks like uh, she's having a difficulty here. She's not doing much better than a third of the vote against the incumbent Sheila Dills. Now, again, Angela's husband, uh, Chuck Strom, was the organizer of the platform caucus. So this is the attempt to come get some seats back. In fact, I was talking to the two of them and I told Chuck, I said, Angela's the one that ought to run. And sure yeah. enough, she took my advice and ran. <laughs> I just wish, uh, wish the numbers look better at this point. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is uh, Taylor. Here Woodrow. we go. Oh. He got trounced. Darn it. But wow. now wait a minute. That is 40. Exactly. 40%. Again. This yeah, starts oh, this starts up about Utica Square area of Tulsa and stretches all the way down past Hall and Hall. Now, when Carol Bush won this one, she was leading by a huge amount, but the further you get from downtown, the more conservative it gets. So I'm saying watch this. Just watch this. Now, and and Taylor Woodrum's uh, voting base probably works, so they probably takes them a while to go vote. Yeah. So mm -hmm. so th no, this definitely. is this is the deal that will tighten up. I just don't know that yeah. it's going to tighten up nearly enough, but only forty percent. And again, this tells you South Tulsa is still waiting in line to drop off their ballots. Right. The judges in those South Tulsa. Ones. Right. So, so there you go. Okay, District 71. This is my district. Mike Masters is he's going to have to go to runoff against Beverly Atterbury. Mike Masters is a school teacher. Um, you know, but David Matthew Hollum, I'm telling you, that guy ran as a Democrat uh, recently. He just he's a young guy. I I don't consider him a serious candidate. But uh, well, when he switches the math through for cowboy. So look, I'm just gonna I'm yeah. gonna flog that don't one all night long. Yeah, just ride, <laughs> ride that one. <laughs> all right, for the Tulsa area, Mark Ben Curran. Uh, this is up in Owasso. Looks like he's gonna do fine against Brad Pixado. Brad's gonna oh, die. Yeah. Yeah. Brad actually is dispensary owner. He's in the medical marijuana oh, field. Okay. Okay. Right. So uh, 79. This one is um, going to runoff. This is the Woodland Hills Mall area. Notice 52% of the precincts in, okay? So South Tulsa has not reported yet, all right? Uh, Northwest Tulsa, largely. So uh, when we go so, back. 
Let me uh, reset for anybody who's just joining us. You're watching a special episode of Sooner Politics. We are live on Facebook. We've got Kevin Batts with us as a special guest. And, of course, David Van, as usual, from SoonerPolitics.org. I'm Tommy McKay, your special guest host from over there at 3D Politics. And we are deep in the woods with the numbers and Van's going so fast I can barely get my cowboy joke in there. But... uh, (laughs) He's scrolling through and these numbers. Now, one of the things I want to point out before we get back to the inane numbers, uh, one of the reasons I uh, got to know the gal named Val Demings, and I don't know if you remember her from Florida, but she was one of the House of Representative members that was uh, chiding the president during uh, the impeachment trials. And then I got to know uh, Willie J. Montague out there in Florida who is running uh, to unseat her in some way. And what I realized at some point watching Val Demings is every seat matters. Every elected official matters. We're going through, we're scrolling through these names. You've never heard of them. I've never heard of them. And yet every single one of them matters. Every single person that gets elected is critical. Go ahead, man. 215 precincts left to be counted in the whole state. Okay? Okay. I'm going to take us back to state question 802 because uh, let's see what we got. It is a nail biter, and uh, we are down to a one percent spread. One percent. Wow! So we've closed the gap some more. And and again, of those two hundred of those two hundred and fifteen precincts left, um, I'm sure a hundred of them are in in Tulsa area. Okay. So now here's the other thing, regardless of how this goes, you're probably going to see a recount because the stakes are so high. When you have a recount, you can contest ballots. You can contest the hanging chads. You know, you can contest a number of things. So I'm telling you, this thing could end up in the courts for a long time. That's how I mean. 75, in excess of 75,000 absentee yes votes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good for an absent crowd. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. wow. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who did absentee, and I understand why. Well, why don't you explain it to a guy like me that wants to see your face without a mask when you vote? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, uh, look, the most faithful voters in the state. Let me turn this off while we talk about it. Thank you. Most of our most faithful voting demographic in the state is retired people. That's why they get the kind of sweet deals they get. That and the AARP lobbying for them. I got you. And so... Uh, those are the people who don't want to go down to polling place. They're truly scared for their lives. They don't want to talk about it, but if you're 70 years old, this is a real pandemic to you. Okay. Well, and if you trust government to save you, then you'd say, look, I'll just mail in my absentee ballot and say, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so there is a very legitimate narrative for an uptick in, in absentee ballot. Okay. Okay. But you saw the narrative also what the Democrat Party tried to do, and they were somewhat successful at the state Supreme Court saying, no, you don't need a notary. 
you know, now keep in mind, you know, you got two or three election judges watching you vote when you go down to the polling place. And now they're supposed to just take a piece of paper because somebody's name's on it without anybody verifying that. Right. You know, if we're going to make an, if we're going to make an accommodation for people who can't show up on election day, that accommodation is going to have certain teeth to it. You know, it should. Yeah. Did you notice? I don't know if you, when you went to vote, you get to keep the pen. Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and did you see yeah, the cheap? I noticed that. Yeah, Kevin. Did you see that cheap pen they give you? Well, the, actually, the the pen in mine was really nice. So I was like, when they gave it to me, I tried to hand it back, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, wow. they back up. Oh my gosh, Man, that's we, funny. We don't live my on wife, the right side of out. town. I'm telling you, you know, we need to come vote in your district. <laughs> <laughs> Take this pen, please. That's, that's my, right. My wife goes in. My wife goes uh, in. She asked for a Republican uh, Kevin, ballot. In the, Kevin, what, yeah. what's your? Hold on, hold on, I'm Van. Your wife asked for a Republican ballot, and what? She go, we go in, and I mean, as it happens all almost every time. I mean, when we were in Texas, they had one side of the room was Republican, the other side was Democrat. So we'd walk in the Republican side, like, oh no, no, you're going the wrong way. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> my God, ain't going the no. wrong way. <laughs> she asked for a Republican ballot, and the lady's looking at her all cross-eyed. Oh like, no, please. That's <laughs> that's the Joe Biden 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 axiom in reverse. Yeah, exactly. Did you hear the? You ain't Republican. (laughs) Did you hear the report? What I thought was so ridiculous is reports about the pollsters are not going to be the oldsters anymore. They're going to have the young ones in there, and they're begging for us to give them time to figure it out. Oh, please be patient with our ignorant youth. Did you hear the advertisements? Mm -hmm. They were all over the news about how it is that now this election season, the old people aren't going to be there. We're going to have different pollsters, and they're going to be young. So please be patient with the – you know, I'm thinking, how stupid is the youth? You know, and why haven't we had the youth in this before, you know? Um, I I do want to say this, and I did have new um, election judges at my precinct. I, you know, spent some time talking to them. When I went in, there was one person still voting there and nobody in line. And I went during the lunch hour. So, but I, after I finished talking, I tell you, it was a couple, husband and wife run it. And I said, now there's a campaign sign right out in this corner. And historically, that's always been ruled within the, uh, so many feet that you can't have campaign signs. And he said, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And I said, now, you know, if you need to measure, fine. I'm just telling you, I voted in this precinct for over 30 years, you know, and yeah. so you know, he's okay. That's legit. So there was some of that, that some of us people who are sticklers for all these, you know, rules, um, you know, yeah. we had to educate them and they took it well. You know, Kevin, like, what'd you find uh, as far as youth in your voting uh, poll? Well, I mean, um, from last time, last time when I went and voted, it was um, the year that Kendra Horn actually won. It was my first, I think like first year in Oklahoma, and so when I went in that same voting uh, polling uh, place, it was pretty full last time. This time yeah. compared, it was it was pretty empty. And yeah. I went roughly around the same time. Uh, the people in there were older, so I didn't know anything about the millennial accommodations. Yeah. I wish I would have knew because I'm a millennial, so I would have loved the millennial accommodations. <laughs> you know, maybe they had selfie sticks they could give us stuff, <laughs> and we could vote on Facebook and right. stuff like that. You know, <laughs> cardboard cutouts and stuff. Cancel people, they vote the wrong way. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin, well, we're, 
I'm sorry, Tom. I was just going to say, they, they warned me on the radio, but when I got there, it was the same old people doing the same old job. There yeah. was no youthful yeah. morons. What do you got, man? Well, uh, Kevin, we're we're going to finish up the uh, house races, and but this bunch uh, coming up is in Oklahoma City area. So, uh, All right, back gonna, to the numbers. Yeah, I'm going to need some color commentary from uh, from Kevin on some of these. Now, uh, let's go. I'm not going to oh, know any of these people's names. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> okay. So this is an open seat, 83, or at least on uh, the Republican side. Uh, Robert McMaster and Eric Roberts. Uh, I seem to recall you had something to do with one of those, didn't you, Kevin? Nope. Doesn't ring uh, a bell. Which one well, was? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, here again, this is northern Oklahoma County. This is almost up into the Edmond area, but it's still in Oklahoma County. Look at 47% of the precincts are in. So, wow, a lot of room to go. Telling me, what what part of of the county you live in, uh, Kevin? I live over by Lake Hefner. Okay, yeah, northwest, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I'm telling you, Edmund, the Edmund voters could swing that state question eight oh two. So, yeah, but let's take a look at some of these. Okay, here we go, Chris Kennedy. Very contentious, very, you know, he's got a lot of enemies, but he's coasting to victory against an unfunded candidate, Bruce Fleming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce is actually part of the Hobby Lobby uh, team, but uh, could not uh, could not put together victory there. Oh, by the way, that is South Oklahoma City. All the precincts are reported in South Oklahoma County. So we're done there. In that one. Okay. <clears throat> So I'm, what I'm saying is for 802. Now, in 94, um, and I don't know where exactly this is, but only half of the votes are in, and I believe that's going to be somewhere in Oklahoma. City. Well, there's a lot of room in that one. They're uh, only halfway done, and they're basically uh, – I mean, there's, there's some distance, but – But I think this is a Democrat district, so there's going to be some – We'll Some see. They still got halfway to go. Still not in. Okay, ninety-five. Right. Darren Ward, who ran for uh, the uh, OK GOP uh, last time, he's um, he's still in it. I mean, it's fifteen oh, yeah. percent down. But and this is Midwest City, so Midwest City has not yet voted, and that's very much swing district. It's not real heavily Democrat or heavily Republican. All right. Okay. So, just need to know the precinct. Look at this. Ninety-six. Hardly any precincts are in, and uh, don't I, you know this looks like um, what we got? Uh, it's going to run off Margaret Best and Preston um, Stinson. So that's probably currently held by a Democrat. That seat and two left. Marilyn Stark. Um, she's coasting on to victory. Uh, but again, this is she. An, is she an incumbent? Yes, she is. All right, all she, right. she 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 scored very well last year on the Freedom Index. Okay, I don't okay. know her number this time. And uh, and then we're going to um, uh, the Democrats here, and I don't know. We'll probably get a lot of viewers tuned out once we go to that. I don't see anything there that looks like it's a tough contested race. Um, so. So anyway, let's pull out of there. And uh, actually, you guys want me to go right on down to 802, see where we're at? Let's go check it, yeah. Okay. Um, Guys, I'm going to refresh this screen, and we'll see uh, 
what the slot machine says. I don't know which way I'm swiping if I like it, but you okay. swipe one now way. Look at, this. <laughs> look at the raw votes. We're talking 6,000 votes uh, splitting these two. 6,000 oh. votes. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Here we go. All right. And uh, let's see. We are um, 170 or so precincts yet to count. 170. Ooh, my goodness. Um, it's yeah. Close. So very close. And again, it's the it's the absentee ballots that are often the question ones. If you go to a contested recount on this, but this is billions of dollars at stake. Billions oh, yes, of most definitely. Yeah, I mean, the hospitals, if, if, if this goes down to defeat, the hospitals will not take it quietly. They this, will is, uh, this is more than a, um, a financial or economic bill. This is a philosophical bill that yes, spends money in the future. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, guys, right. and here, here it is. It's a 936. Let's get out of that picture. I'm yeah. tired of looking at it. <laughs> state, that's, that's state question eight oh cowboy two. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> We're here so all night long. Oh Felton Tom long. McKay here, your great <laughs> Cowboy Tommy. Uh, so, have yeah. we have we got to um have we got to my state house and state senate district yet? Um what which one you got? What's the number? Oh I'm Democrat. I have a Democrat state house and state senate. And hey. a, I'm Democrat almost all the way. Oh gotcha. Yeah. It's, um, you, you know the uh, numbers? The state, the state house is 85, and uh, the state house is 85, and the state senate's uh, 30. Now, 85, that's Cindy Munson, isn't it? Yeah, Munson. Okay. Well, she did yeah. not have a challenger. At least, uh, wait a minute. I'm in the wrong okay. place. I'm sorry. Um, let me go on down here and see that. You know, I talked to Cindy last time I was at the Capitol. Um, you know, there's a lot of things she's doing smart about staying in touch with her district. And, uh, and she hasn't made a fool of herself at the legislature like a lot of her Democrat colleagues. So, um, okay, district. Yeah. Guys, I don't see there's a, a runoff here uh, for, for 85. I don't think she had, drew a Democrat challenger. At least okay. it doesn't show up here. And then what's your Senate district? Uh, it is 30. Okay. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of uh, literature from Cindy, and also I've heard people talk positively about her. Um, a lot of people say that she's not, you know, she's very nice. But I haven't heard anything about my, my state uh, senator, Julia Kurt. I'm not sure. None of letters or anything. She must be running uncontested all the time or something. Uh, yeah, well, Julia was just elected two years ago. That's a four-year term, so that's not even up okay. this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Julia, um, her husband worked for Brad Henry, Democrat governor. Oh, okay. Uh, very okay. well-connected family there. In fact, I think her husband is planning to run for some office. Hmm. Now, that, it might okay. be they might live in another part another district house district than you so uh, yeah yeah so let's you know we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that so yeah that's that's an interesting deal um i i have not checked any of the county races um you know we're running a statewide show here and that i don't know if there's yep. anything particular coming up on that so but uh anyway 
Yeah, I don't know, Tom. This is a nail biter. Um, the 802, you know, is actually uh, a close race. It looks like we're going to have to wait that one all the way out. And then yeah. are you saying that if it's close enough, they'll have a, a, a special runoff election? or If it's – no, if it's – and they never do that. Now, I've seen them invalidate an election altogether, um, but that's very rare. And right. it's usually it takes a court judge to do that, um, where where the security of the ballots was not established. Gotcha. And, and then they had to. And gotcha. that was during a recount. So how, how close will it have to be for them to do any kind of investigation? I believe it's 1% um, warrants a recount. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, if you lose, if you're the one that says, I want a recount, because they will announce a winner this yeah. Friday. This Friday they'll announce a winner, and then you've got a certain amount of time. Very you got to sue for the recount, and then if you right. lose, you pay. And, and you have to pay money yeah. <laughs> to do that recount. You got to right. come up, come up with some money on that. Um, so I, I was just looking for any races that we, you know, were nail biters we were wanting to come back to. Um, and yeah, we're still waiting on uh, some precincts uh, over there in um, Shawnee County. So let me ask Kevin a couple of questions because you put this site together about eight oh two. What did you learn about the electorate and their attitudes, pro and con, about eight oh two? Well, I'd say really, um, the thing is, is that. When you look out into the media, because that's really basically what I have to go off of. Because first right. off, look on social media. When I'm when I'm investigating, usually for an article, I can usually look out on Twitter. I can look out on social media, and I can see what people are saying about it. Well, really, there wasn't a lot of chatter about this, so it's just one of those things where it didn't really become a thing until just a couple of weeks ago. Right. I've been working on this for about a month, and <laughs> what I saw, um, just what I saw, just basically looking out just looking at the landscape, I just saw there was a ton of money coming in and they were going to get the ballot, the, 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 the signatures they needed because right. I mean, they had the money and I saw that the hospitals were behind them and they had, a, they had all the normal groups, all the same people I see that back all these different things. Every right. Time. Right. So, you know, um, other than that, that was pretty much it. And I, I knew that I would say, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, we're in some trouble because for the entire month, I was like, okay, where's the pushback? Where's the pushback? Where's the ads going to start? When are people going to start doing ads against this? Because I can't, you know, there were a few other people launching groups and things like that, but I didn't right. really see any money on TV. Right. Look in the, when you look on the TV, every commercial you see is just two good old boys standing by a pickup truck saying, <laughs> "Oh man, we got to bring that money back to we got to bring that money back to the state." This is the con basically just two conservative-looking dudes. When really, if they would have kept it real, they should have had it in Oklahoma City, and they should have had people saying, "You know what? I want to cancel my health care, and because uh, I'm tired of paying for it, and I want the state to pay for it." So I go over here and I pass this law so the state can give me this free health care because that's essentially what it's going to be. Right. At the end of the day, we're going to end up having to take money away from the schools. We're going to have to take money away from all these other things because it's going to be in our state constitution. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about it. Right. And if They're spending the kids. She wants us. If Nancy Pelosi wants this thing funded or that thing funded, all they got to do is pass a bill at the federal level. It's in our state constitution. We got to go along with it. it. Doesn't matter. 
Right. They're spending the kids' money into the future. Hey, you're listening to Kevin Batts here on Sooner Politics, a special edition live on election night where we are going through some of the returns and also discussing politics with Kevin and David Van from SoonerPolitics.org. I'm Tommy McKay, your fine host from over there at 3D Politics. I've been promoted as a special guest host here on Sooner Politics. That's right. Tom Tom Cowboy McKay. (laughs) One more. Got one more. I got one more. All right, what are we going That's what we do. So what's uh, what's next, man? What are we doing next? Well, it looks like McDougal uh, won his race. There's one precinct left, and he's got uh, close to 300. And again, remember I said, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the precincts way out by Lake Hudson that, that carried McDougal over. Those are the last ones to get counted. Sure enough, McDougal, who was eking on to inning, now he's breaking he's, open. He's break, breaking it out. So, yeah, yeah um, Paul Scott from down in Lawton, who, had, you know, you know, tried to get out of a ticket by saying, you know who I am. And now we I, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, didn't. And then now. You know, he's going to a runoff. <laughs> he was 12 votes short mm. of getting an outright majority, oh, wow. just 12 votes. Yeah. That so, hurts. so that's up. Um, the George Fott thing, there's one precinct left open and he's 600 and some votes behind. So that, that ain't going to, that's, that's not probably. Yep. Not. Yep. So George didn't get it, but, um, I do want to, you know, confirm uh, this. Uh, the Rick West, he, he has defeated the incumbent Lundy Kiger. Uh, wow! And the Platform Caucus, you know, um, yeah, inaugural member, charter member, is back in the state house. You know, ha- having followed a little bit of race and done the mayoral thing, I will tell you, anybody on either side of any aisle that beats the incumbent, they, you know, hats off. Yeah. I mean, either yeah. the incumbent threw it away and it was theirs to lose, or you ran a hell of a campaign. <laughs> yeah. To beat an incumbent, that that's hard to do. Yeah, so yeah. down there in the uh, lot, I mean, the McAllister area, two incumbents who are very conservative, Jim Grego and David Smith, have coasted on to victory. Those are done. Uh, Sherry Conley, uh, she's one. She's in. Uh, we've okay. got, you know, just a number of things. Uh, the, uh, Logan Phillips has uh, he's won it outright with spending no money, at least not in his initial race. Now we need so, to see if we can get him on the show just to just to pick his brain. You're Kevin, right. you're gonna have to talk to that guy. No he, he knows how to fight with no money. Right. Now here's the setup. He defeated the Democrat House leader last time and spent no money. And that's, um, you know, Steve Copeland. Steve's a fine man. He really is. He's an old-fashioned country Democrat. And and, uh, and Steve's running again. So now it's going to be a rematch. Logan Phillips, the young school teacher from Okima, against uh, Steve Copeland. See, my, go ahead. No, well, you go ahead. Yeah. Steve Copeland, his son, plays a very prominent role in Kevin Stitt's administration, he is uh, Secretary, I believe, of Commerce. He's also owns a bank here in town, Spirit Bank. So, okay, I, I want to ask Kevin about uh, campaigns with no money. Do you remember, I don't know uh, if you were here, if you saw that no river tax campaign a few years back. They, they started putting signs up, Van, do you remember that? They put up no, t- no new tax, no river tax. 
Rule of Red No. No damn taxes. No damn tax. That's what it was. And so that was one of those little things where it's like before the big money push to to up the taxes came, the group, the grassroots group came in and put up their little signs, no damn tax. And so I heard about the anti-increase taxes group, the just the little tiny grassroots before I heard the big money advertising. Yeah. So uh, there's got to be a what? Now, my theory on that is that content is king. The way you defeat yeah. the money is content, not yeah. not more money, but content. Yeah. And I'm not trying yeah. to deny. I mean, if you've got money, that's going to grease kids, and it does happen. Yeah. But, I mean, how do we get the uh, – Kevin, how do we get the content in front of the money – so that the money, I think the money follows the content, not the other way. What do you think, Kevin? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think you can go, if you got the money, you can artificially create something that resembles grassroots. Right. But I also think that if you have an engaged populace and they're they're working on the ground physically, you know, in real life, and they're also working online doing their thing and you have a bunch of organized groups doing those things. I think you can organize something where you push back because I mean, look at common core, look at the pushback against common core that started in the grassroots in Oklahoma and everyone worked together and it got so loud. I mean, there wasn't a ton of money on the anti common core side in the beginning, but it was such a fervor that even I starting off as a young blogger that many years ago, caught my attention and I immediately started writing about it. I didn't have a lot of money. I just started writing about it. People are, I'm getting hits and people are reading what I have to say. They're passing it along. Other people are writing things. I'm passing that along. So it just takes an engaged populace and you can definitely beat any of these things. And so when I look at the landscape and I see no one's really talking about 802, I see a big problem. Right. Because it's really, yeah, I know before I talked about the money, but really I'm looking for the I'm looking for the pushback and I'm looking for the money. The money's a reality. I'm not trying yeah, the money's a reality, yeah, but definitely we have to find a way to make to make the, the the to instead of building the content around the money, we've got to put the money behind the proper yeah. content. Yeah. Anyway, Van, what do we know now? Um yeah, so we, we've got some things. I mentioned McDougal, you know, is coasting in. I'm looking here, uh, South Central Tulsa. This is going down along Riverside all the way down to River Spirit. Uh, there's still six precincts in House District 71 that aren't in, and those are Democrat districts. So I'm telling you, I don't know that 802 has been defeated tonight. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of concern there's a lot of liberal districts not counting them but uh, anyway so uh, District 71 uh, ch- to challenge Denise Brewer the girl the ga- the woman who used to have a brain um, <laughs> is she's the worst reputation on the floor I mean is is now horrible. David it, now I mean, David be polite be polite now David I'm being objective. come on now that's horrible that's not polite horrible. that's objective 
<laughs> well, anyway, so they're going to run off. Um, and, yes, by the way, Taylor uh, Woodrum did tighten it up, but there's just two precincts left. Okay, but that kid, that guy, I call him a kid because I'm an old man. That guy he's is 21. on it. That guy is on it. He's sharp, and uh, he's headed, he knows what's right. He's heading in the right direction. He's convicted. That's what got him into he, politics. He, yeah. he became convicted, and he moved in the right direction. I, I love that guy. Yeah. I hate to watch perennial candidates try one more time and one more time. And I usually say, no, you already did. Taylor's the exception. He needs to run again. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Heck, he just got started. Yeah. yeah. You could, hard, to win on the first try, give me a break. Trump, he did that, but, you know. He's a, you know, when you're 21, in two years, he'll probably have his, his bachelor's degree done and, and go in the other direction. That's you got to have a power base to work from and some money, you know. Yeah. So, so <laughs> anyway, those are the things going on there. I'm going to refresh right. one more time, and let's see we're at on 802. Hey, once again, I want to thank Kevin Batts for coming out and sharing some time with us here on a special edition of Sooner Politics Live. Amazing. So thanks for coming out, Kevin. So I've enjoyed yeah. meeting you and getting your perspective. And uh, you have to uh, uh, join forces with us at 3D Politics and Sooner yeah. Politics and get the proper content and the word out in the right direction. All right, guys. Yes, um, the the vote yes on 802 has actually opened a slight margin there yeah. Yeah. it's it's 1.4 percent difference right now it was one percent now it's 1.4 um we have just 98 precincts left and i'm okay. telling you it's oh. not all the edmund precincts okay so um this thing may you know coast in and it may be a tough road to to succeed at a recount yeah at this point we might hope for a recount it's yeah, I think once you get inside of that one percent, then you then you have legitimate uh, credibility in saying yeah we need right. to count these. So so we got that going on. Um, you know we've had some winners, we've had some defeats, we've had some incumbents sent home. Wayne Shaw is one of them, going for his third term. I'm telling you, um, yeah. he, you know, a lot of people have been trying to take him out, and finally somebody did. Now, this Cowboy Stevens, I want you to know, he's a perennial candidate. Two years ago, he ran for governor. He was uh, he was on the Republican government. You don't forget right. Cowboy on a, on a I will never. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeehaw. I mean, no doubt. So, And I, I tell you, though, I mean, the, peop, the crop of people – that are getting into politics these days are not people who are getting into politics for professional reasons because of the prestige. People who care, one side of the coin or the other, they're either, you know, socialist, communist, and they care, or they're conservative, constitutionalist, and they care. People are getting yep. into races because they're convicted, not, not because they think it's going to help them win friends and influence people. Okay. Yep. It's looking like in the – Congressional District 5 to take on Kendra Horn, uh, Terry Neese has got almost 37%. She's a good 13% higher than second place, Stephanie Bice. So you're going to see those two. Okay. Now the question is going to be is where all those other candidates' base of support go because you still have, what, 38% 
of those people who voted now have to choose another candidate. Right. And uh, so, and then we'll see another dynamic. There won't be nearly the turnout for a runoff in August because 802 is not on the ballot in August, you know? So uh, we're going to see, you know, where the faithful voters go. I think, you know, uh, the odds makers have to give at least 80% chance of success to Terry Neese. Uh, I think she's got it. She is the establishment Republican base candidate. Yeah. So, um, and I think David Hill is more likely to support uh, Terry Neese. And David Hill was the one that got uh, nearly 20%. You know, so so I think I think you're looking at a Terry Neese against Kendra Horn. But well, I'm still, uh, Van, I'm still clinging to my 2% from 2016. I'm not giving it up. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't so, care what the percentages are. So there it is. So, you know, I think we beat this, I think we beat this horse dead. I think Pretty we've, good, uh, yeah. we've, we found out what we're going to find out tonight. I mean, the only things that are up in, I mean, literally 802 is not done yet, but it's, 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 it's not a magic eight ball says most, most unlikely. Yeah, and uh, is there anything else contending at all? No, not really. I, oh. I wanted to ask Kevin. One of the things you're working on that, you know, much like what we do with our videos, we've archived them, the audio, as a podcast. And I notice you and your yes. partner Matt Vermillion, Forty Six News, have a podcast as well, right? Yes, yes, we do. We have uh, Forty Six News podcast. And a Red River TV podcast. Essentially, our podcast is kind of a catch-all. So it really, yeah. we got about two or three different podcasts on one feed. So yes. you go to that feed, you're gonna get you're gonna get the interviews. You're gonna get just the straight up news talk with me and Matthew Vermillion, and you're gonna get everything else in between that we decide to throw in there. Sure. <laughs> Good. Well, and, and Kevin, you've been a part of the the SoonerPolitics.org consortium. Of of bloggers since what 2015 I think we've been working. Nice, on. Yeah. wow, awesome! It's been yeah. a long. Oh, time. okay. I mean, well, wow. there you go. <laughs> yep. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, <laughs> uh, go go back uh, quite a while. So, and and uh, so, but I looked at the podcast, and I think about eighty percent of that is stuff that's been produced right there in your home between you and a lot of your wife's stuff. I mean, she's an issues driven yeah. person, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, yeah, she's more, she doesn't really get into, um, like state question 802 type stuff. She goes into the culture. So she yes. talks a lot about abortion and the things that are going on in society yeah. and how the cultural implications of that, you know, um, her faith is a big thing. A faith is a big thing for both of us, but what really gets her going basically is cultural type things. Yeah. So she's good at speaking into things that are going on in America and putting her finger on the different things that are happening in society. So it's it's really good. So I mean, if you're looking for something like that, you can go over to Red River yeah. TV on Facebook or cool. Forty Six News on Facebook. We just released a video today. It's um, it's Wait called We Did It. You said Forty Six News on Facebook. Is Forty Six yes. News on? You are on Facebook. Yeah, we're on Facebook. We just oh, we had talked earlier. It was the it's the website. The website's URL oh, okay. blacklisted. Okay, oh, so uh, to clarify, Kevin, for our viewers, where can they find more of you? Red River TV on Facebook or Forty Six News on Facebook. Those two pages are mirrored. So yes. whichever okay. one you go to, you'll get the same thing. We just released a video today called "We Did It." 
we finally solved racism because that's what we finally did. We destroyed enough monuments. We banned enough people. <laughs> fixed we fixed it. We <laughs> enough products. We finally done it, people. We burned uh, uh, half the country uh, down and we uh, solved racism. Oh, uh, so, yeah, we tipped the video. <laughs> Yeah, now, come watch that video. And if you. <laughs> Uh, just just as Tom and the rest of the guys 3D politics are on the front page of Sooner Politics, uh, so's Kevin Batts. Uh, Red River TV is always on the front page of Sooner cool. Politics. And now starting today, he has his own feature page in my awesome. Sooner Analyst section. Very good. So, so we've got all that. Thank so you. Really I want to be sure that. to introduce Excellent. everybody to Kevin. And uh, I wish we'd gotten your wife on tonight so we could introduce her to people. But uh, we'll do that another yeah. time. No, Kevin. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So I'm going to close out this session like we do on 3D Politics. Any, any final bets? Any final comments? Anything else? Before I close this out of here, Van? I think we're good. Kevin, anything else? I think I'm good, man. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here with you guys. We are pleased to have you. And also, anytime you feel the urge, you know we always go live on Monday nights. If you know you've got something to say, let us know. We'll work you into the show. But we appreciate everything you do to push the constitutional conservatism out there. Kevin Vats, once again, thank you uh, very much for coming on. And uh, we'll see you next time, either on SoonerPolitics.live. There we go. <laughs> Make America. There it is. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll either see you on Sooner Politics Live Special Edition or we'll catch you again on Monday night's 3D Politics Live. And I'm Tommy McKay, your fine host. Van, thanks for having us. And special guest Kevin Betts. We'll see you guys next time.